0: I grew up in church where they had things twisted. They would tell you that, that God was poor and that Jesus was poor and you're going to be poor and God wants you to have holy hands and empty pockets. How many you know the devil is a lie? Psalm 23 and 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? God don't want you and want. Come on, the Ecclesiastics, where, where, where the scripture at? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Want. God does not want the people of God and want. Why? Because riches gives you options. God wants you to have options. Amen? Well, somebody probably said, well, the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money. Let's not get it twisted. Let's keep the text in the context. Amen. So, so, so go, go back to Psalm 23, though. Look at this real quick. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. And then look at, let's, let's keep it moving. Look at the next verse. Then it says, uh, uh, look at this, the verse 2. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Come on. He's going to make sure you hydrated and not dehydrated. Next Verse Then it says, uh, he restores my soul. Anybody's soul been restored? The soul is the seat of your emotions and your feelings. Your emotions are all over the place. Can I get a witness? Somebody say, but God. So it says he restores. In other words, he cures, he repairs. Come on, your soul. Because all of us have experienced some type of letdown, some type of disappointment. Matter of fact, people have said things about you. It knocked the wind out of you. But now look at you, you delivered from people. Now you talking about oh they hate me because they ain't me. See you need to get delivered from people's opinion anyway. Who anointed them God anyway? That's a whole nother topic. But listen, to this. it says he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Next verse. Then it says, uh, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear I will fear no evil." In it interesting that is just a shadow. And it's interesting because it says though I walk through the valley. See you're going to have some valleys in this life. But part of the reason why I named this church kingdom in the valley is because he said he's going to raise up kings in the valley. Do I have any kings in the house today? Do I have anybody in this building that knows who they are and whose they are? Look at your neighbor and say what's up king? You You better know who you are else the enemy will whoop you upside your head. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Anybody in this building knows he's with you. I'm talking about when you're between a rock and a hard place. He's with you. I know the enemy sometimes has thrown everything in the kitchen sink at you, but you've got to come to the conclusion that God is with me. Amen? For the Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's in Hebrews thirteen five. But we won't go there. But let's say, for you you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Now, this is the verse. Look at this. Look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, God always makes, especially with social media now, your is going to always find out what God's doing in your life when you post. Can I get a witness up here? you just posting all that favor and all that good stuff that God is doing. He said, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of my enemies. I can't tell you how many people that told me I was not going to be a good pastor that now I'm mentoring them now. That's the mercy of God. Because I could have been like, well, you was one of the people that said I didn't have it when I was preaching at the fleet market in El Mirage. But you just love them anyway. See, that's the true test of a Christian. Can you love folks that then hate it on you? Now, let me drop something on you real quick. Just because somebody repent to you don't mean that you got to reconcile with them. The Bible says if possible. With everything in you, it says be at peace with all men. There are some folk I just can't be at peace with. If you read the book of Acts, Barnabas and, and Paul, they got into a big old argument in the book of Acts. The Bible said the contention was so hard behind this guy named John Mark that the Bible says that Barnabas and Paul parted ways. And Paul kept doing ministry and Barnas, Barnabas kept doing uh, ministry because sometimes you're just going to clash. And the Bible says in Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they agree? Amen. So just because somebody repented, you don't mean you got to go have coffee with them the next day. I'm, you know, there's some snakes out there. Oh, you got to be careful. Come on, something that's a whole nother. That's that's a Wednesday topic. But prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup, my cup, my cup runs over. God wants your cup to run over. That's Jehovah Jireh. He's our what provider. He wants your cup to run over. And then verse 6, and then we'll get to my text in Genesis. Then it says, surely, somebody say surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all. It didn't say some. It said all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See if you stay connected to the house. Your cup will begin to run over. That's a portion of him talking about God, how he provides for his children. Let's get into this, though. Genesis 22 and 1. And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. How many know that in this life, you're going to have tribulation? In this life, you're going to go through a series of tests. Matter of fact, if you have not been through a test in your life, keep living. Because your test is coming, baby. The word test means that uh, trial... I like this assessment, evaluation, and it also means the word test means uh, uh, the, the determinant of quality of someone. So, in other words, sometimes God will have you go through tests so He can evaluate you to see, so He can assess you. Even all of us in here have been to some type of school in order to go to the next promotion, the next grade. You had to get, you had to be tested. You had to go through an assessment, you had to go through an evaluation. And so in the spirit, sometime in order to see God as Jehovah Jireh, sometime God will put you through a test. Now here it is, the Bible says that he was getting ready to sacrifice his son Isaac as a burnt offering. Now how many of us in this building can be honest that can pass that test? Thank you. I didn't see nobody here, baby, but everybody's being honest. Because, listen, I got three sons. I ain't trying to sacrifice none one of them. Oh, (laughs) y'all. Abraham is that dude, as far as I'm concerned. Because he embraced his test. Now, I have been through some tests. (laughs) My wife said, yes, God. (laughs) Now, I'm 44 years old, but when I was 24, I accepted my calling to the ministry, and I told my pastor, I'm ready to be a preacher. I thought he was going to schedule me a Sunday night to preach. This brother came out the fellowship hall and gave me and my wife a bucket and a broom and a mop and a vacuum cleaner and said clean the church for a year when you turn 25 I'll let you preach. My point is this, I had to embrace my tests. My first point today, that in order for you to see God as Jehovah Jireh, sometime you have to embrace your tests. Let's not talk about some of my other tests that I've went through. I'll never forget, I was a deacon and an elder at a church years ago and was a great deacon, great elder and all that. And then when I went to the pastor and told him I was ready to start my church, he told me, he said, listen, you signed a non-compete clause with me. He said, you got to wait one year or you got to be 35 miles from my church. Well, I told him I found a building in El Mirage about 22, 23 miles, five, six cities. And he said, nope, that's not far enough. I'm going to get lawyers if you start a church in that area. He said, you got to wait a year. So I get my lawyer. My lawyer gets involved, tells me Arizona's a right to work state. And so I could have went back to my pastor and said, you know what? My lawyer told me. You know what I'm saying? But Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, a man that walks in integrity, his children after him shall be blessed. So I had to abide by what I put my autograph on. And guess what? For a year and three days, I went and served at another church. Then I started Kingdom in the Valley Christian Church, and then God spoke to my spirit and He said, "Well, it would take twenty years. I'm gonna do it for you in four because you waited. Because sometimes greater is later. Sometimes you just gotta be still and wait your turn. Sometimes it ain't your season." Now, 2004 was the hardest year of my life because when you're pregnant with something, you want to give birth to it. Can I get a witness, women? But when you pregnant with vision and pregnant with purpose and pregnant with destiny, you want to give birth to that thing that's on the inside of you. But I had to tell my contractions, hold your horses because January 2nd, 2005 is coming. We're going to do Psalm 46 and 10. We're going to be still and know that he is God. We're going to just wait. We're going to just keep looking unto God to be the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, I'm going to embrace my test. God ain't taking you nowhere. I'm sick of folks that won't attest a testimony without going through a test. No, God sometimes will put you through some things to see what you really made of, to really see what's on the inside of you. Just like I remember my son, who's at the University of Arizona, when my wife was pregnant with him, the doctors in the fifth month told her, you already got three children. This one's going to be Down syndrome. You need to abort and try again. He said, so obviously you and your husband having children is not an issue. Come on, somebody. But then I'm outside 1997. That's the year I started preaching the gospel. 25 years old. And I'm with her. And I'm like, you know what? We ain't abort nothing. I said, we're going to trust God that his name is not only Jehovah Jireh, which he's my provider, but his name is Jehovah Ropha, which means that he's a God that can heal. And I laid hands on my wife's stomach and I began to declare that our son shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord, that this down syndrome is ceasing, that she's healed, that she's favored, that this baby, this unborn child. Matter of fact, God told me on the spot, name him Isaac, because Isaac in the Hebrew means laughter, and we laughed at the devil right in his face. See, you got to learn how to laugh at the devil in his face and tell him about his future because it's already been predicted. Look at your neighbor and say he will show up. And God showed up in that hospital room as Jehovah Rapha. He healed my son. All them doctors came in there, about seven of them. And that was the only child I couldn't cut his umbilical cord because of the challenges and whatnot. And, but they came to the conclusion, look like he's going to be fine. He's got some really big bags under his eyes and kind of look like a little old man. Can I get a witness? I says, but God, <laughs> he keeping them. Amen? Shoot, let's give God a hand praise for that. That was a test. What if we would have followed the doctor's orders? Oh, but Dr. Jesus had another plan. See, I'm appreciative of our doctors because we need them. I got one. I see them every February for a physical. I think that's necessary. But at the end of the day, ain't nothing like being connected to Jehovah Rofa our Jehovah Rafika, which means he's our physician. But my point bringing all this up is that When you see somebody that God has elevated, it's because they've been through some tests. You see their glory, but you need to hear their story. Even Abraham, look at what's going on in his life. Here it is. The Bible, it's interesting because the Bible says that, it said that his only son, which we know that was not his only son, because he also had a son named Ishmael. But that was a son after his flesh. See, that's why we got to be careful that we don't be trying to help God out. Y'all, most of y'all know the story because, you know, Sarah didn't believe and Abraham didn't believe in their latter years that they can have children, that Sarah came up with this grand idea. She says, well, why don't you sleep with the maidservant? And for she was like, cool. <laughs> Come on, man, you didn't, gave the man a pass. He ain't even got a tippy-toe and do it. She just said, well, go sleep with Hagar because, you know, I'm past age of barren and he going there and create a mess. Oh, Jesus of Nazareth. Anybody created a mess, just the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. (laughs) But at the end of the day, God says, I'm going to still bless Ishmael. But there's still a promise that's coming. His name is Isaac. Now, all of a sudden, he comes and then here he is. He's a young adult. And now God is telling Abraham, go sacrifice him. You're talking about a test. This is a test. So, number one, in order for God to show up sometime, you got to embrace your tests. So, we see here in verse 5, we're moving on. It says, and Abram said to the young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad, the lad being Isaac, his son, and I will go yonder and worship. And we, somebody say we, will come back to you. My second point is this, that in order for God to show up at Jehovah Jireh, not only do you have to embrace your tests, but you got to work your faith. Look at this. He says, we, he told the two young men, we are coming back. Now, this man knows, Abraham knows he's going to sacrifice his son, but he knew in his psyche, he knew in his spirit, God is going to provide a way of escape. Somehow, way, God is going to move supernaturally to where I'm not going to have to sacrifice my son. Now, I didn't gave this had this young man in the latter years of my life, and now you're asking me to sacrifice him? No, this brother, he knew something was going to go down. Matter of fact, look at verse 8. Look at verse 8 real quick, 22 and 8. Look at this. So he says, we're going to come back, and then look what he says in verse 8. Look at this. It says, and, and, and Abraham said, my son, God will, somebody say God will, God will, provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Now it's interesting. He says God will provide. Look at the faith. This is after he didn't put his son down and everything. He getting ready to get the knife, but he says God gonna provide. I'm here to tell you, God is a twenty four seven God. You may not know how. You may not know when. But how many of you know He will do it again? That's something we used to sing back in the day. God will show up. And he will flex in your situation. Anybody been in one of them seasons? He just came and showed out, showed up, showed out, flexed where everybody was like, my, you had everybody's mouth hung open. Said that was Jehovah Jireh. Like when we needed $842,000 to renovate this place, that was Jehovah Jireh. Because at the time we had $2,900 in our church bank account. And then I will come in here as Pastor Steele and be like, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We need $842,000. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in the house. That was Pastor Steele. And then Reggie would go home and be like, how the hell are we going to do this? <laughs> Anybody mind play games with you? Anybody going to admit tonight or this afternoon that you have two people in you? Because I'm thinking, how's this going to happen? I knew how to pass the swap meet test, the swap with were $1,700 a month. That ain't no stretch. You understand what I'm saying? But when you need almost a million dollars, that's why when people think they want a pastor, that's not cute and sexy. Because you got to have some faith to do this. If $200 and some thousand dollars don't come into this church doors every month, we going to be out of business. I'm talking overhead, I'm talking payroll, I'm talking all the other miscellaneous things that go with being a church. I don't look at the church as a business, but it definitely has a business side. And if you're not working your faith, you will be out of business. That's why 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Romans 1.17 says, and the just shall live by what? faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. I love Hebrews 4 and 2. It says the word profited them nothing because it wasn't mixed with faith. If you want to see God move in your situation as Jehovah Jireh, not only do you have to embrace your test, but you got to work your faith. So we see him in verse 5. He's working his faith. Verse 8, he's telling his son, listen, God is going to provide for us. So look at this again. So the word provide, I like this. Look at this real quick. Provide means uh, 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 that he will supply, produce a lot. I like this to distribute. And then also the word provide means that he will render. So in other words, he's saying, listen, God's about to render a ram in the bush. Anybody been in a season where your money wasn't where it needed to be, but then here comes God providing. Here he comes producing in your situation. Here he comes rendering The exact dime to the dollar that you needed to get things done. So we see here in verse 5, he's working his faith. We see him in verse 8, he's working his faith. So he will show up if you embrace your tests. Number two, you got to work your faith. I can go more and more. Matter of fact, put up Romans 12.3. Because I've heard people who pass I just ain't got no faith. No, God didn't give us all faith. You just can't let that faith lay dormant on the inside of you. You got to work what God put in you. Look at this. For I say, through the grace given to me, everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt each one, somebody say each one, a measure of faith you got to work your measure. Well, pastor, does that mean we all have been given the same measure? I believe from the beginning we have, but then it's up to you to build upon that measure. Well, how do I do that, pastor? Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. We are here so that our faith can be multiplied and increased. We come to church, amen, to, of course, to be encouraged and all that, but the bottom line should be I need my faith to increase. And I tell people, if your faith is off, you better ride mine. Sometimes you got to ride your shepherd's faith. Shoot, I'll be like, my pastor said, (laughs) come on, somebody. (laughs) He said, the Bible said, God will supply all my need. You better ride that. Shoot, my pastor said that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He showed us the word that said it in the Bible. You better ride that. Sometimes you got to stand on his word. I'm talking about when he's silent, you still gotta know he's not absent. When I thank God, for his word ain't never silent. Come on, somebody. So, number one, in order for him to show up, you gotta embrace your tests. Number two, you gotta work your faith. Let's look at number three. Pick up, and we're almost done. Look at verse 12. It says, And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do, do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then Abraham, he lifted his eyes, and he looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by the horns. So that Abraham went, and he took the ram, and he offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Then it says, And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, as it is said this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. But look at verse 12 again. The latter part says, for now I know you fear God. So basically, God provided a ram in the bush because of his fear. In other words, only, you know why God put a test on him? He wanted to see where his allegiance was. He wanted to see if his allegiance was to Isaac, Isaac are him. And so here it is, Abraham, the father of the faith, was willing to sacrifice his son, but then he was also like, wait a minute, I'm about to work my faith. I'm going to work my faith in verse 5. I'm going to work my faith. I'm going to believe God's going to provide a way of escape somehow, some way, And of course, he does it, but it was all based on because number one, Abraham embraced his test. Number two, he worked his faith. Number three, he feared God. There's something that God does to, for people that fear him. All that word fear means is to have a reverence and respect for him. Even you that are here today, you being here today is a sign that you reverence him. To you being here right now is a sign that you not only reverence him, but you respect him because you even understand that Psalm 92 and 13 says, Those that are what? Planted in the house of the Lord shall what? flourish in the courts of our God because one of the ways that you even flourish as a human being, as a spiritual being, is being connected to the house. So you totally get it. So there's a level of fear, there's a level of reverence that you have for God. Go to Psalm 115 real quick, Psalm 115 verse 11, look at this real quick, Psalm 115, it says you who fear the Lord, there's that word fear, Those you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord." He is there to help, and he's their their help, and he's their shield. Next verse. Then it says, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Next verse. Then it says, he will bless those who, there it is again, he will bless those who what? Fear the Lord, that reverence the Lord. Then he said, if you fear me, I'm going to bless you small, and I'm going to bless you great. Anybody in this building know God's getting ready to do great things in your life. Somebody scream, greatness is on the way. So he says, if you fear me, I'm going to bless you small and great. That's why I couldn't understand growing up in the church why they would preach a broke gospel. When God would tell you he wants to bless you small and great. Next verse. Then it says, may the Lord give increase. Somebody say increase. Does that sound like God wants you to be broke? More and more. More and, that need to be in your prayer time, Lord, I thank you that you're going to increase me. More and more. More and more. If you say it, you will see it. It's in God's nature, it's in his character to want to bless his children. I shared a story with you. My son told me, he said, that. I need $5,000 to put down on my house. And he said, I remember as a kid, you always said that you would give us $5,000 when we were going to buy our home. I said, here's $10,000. Why? Because I'm his father. It should be in every father's nature. It should be in his character to want to bless his earthly children. Can I get away? I got any parents in the house. See, this, this, this one I know I'm crazy, y'all. My son Isaiah, he's 24 years old. His uh, wife is 22, Devin. He calls me and my wife, and he calls us on Three Way, and he said, Dad, our dog Nyla dislocated her leg today. And now I'm already upset because I ain't got no grandkids yet, but y'all going buying dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and they won't go, they said they ain't having no kids because then you got to make arrangements to go on vacations. And you know, I call him, he's like, Oh, I'm in LA and, and on the beach. You can do all that when you ain't got kids. I call him, the oh, way up in Vegas, we on the strip just hanging out. I'm like, oh, it's like that, huh? <laughs> so, now, instead of being a grandfather, I'm a grand dog. <laughs> grand dog. That would, uh, we have a grand dog. My point is this, y'all. This, y'all know y'all pastor crazy. When he calls me and tells me that the, Nyla, the dog, leg is dislocated I get in the car to go see about my granddaughter. in other words I showed up how much more will our heavenly father when you're between a rock and a hard place that he will show up come on he said I'll never leave you nor will I what forsake you If I do that for Isaiah, do you realize that your heavenly father, he will step over people to get to you. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, he will show up. He will show up. If I'm showing up for him, a dog, a dog a dog (laughs) y'all my point is this if that's in my psyche if that's in my nature if that's in my pores to show up for my son when he's disappointed and hurt that something happened to his dog if I'm that loyal to my Isaiah to my lad to my Isaac, how much more? Put up Matthew 7 and 11. Let me, let me show you something and then we can run. Look at Matthew 7 and 11. Matthew 7 and 11. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Somebody say, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Somebody say, how much more? Somebody say, how much more? Somebody say, how much more? And it's interesting because it says, and if you being evil, because we evil, ain't we? Don't let your house be cleaned up. I will get evil. Can I get a witness, baby? Can I get a witness, Mariah? I remember one time, my house was tore up. This is how long ago, Mariah? In the loft, and I said that word to y'all. What did I say? Y'all some nasty niggas? Did y'all hear what she said? Let me say it one more. He said, y'all some nasty niggas. If you be an evil... Cause that's evil to say to your kids. Y'all, I was Reggie, not Pastor Steele. Give me a pass, come on somebody. Cause when I'm at the crib, I'm not a pastor. I, it's daddy, Reggie, you know what I'm... <laughs> My wife said, and daddy. <laughs> Calm down, she, she been gone today. <laughs> pray, pray. <laughs> if you being evil, <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father, who was in having good good things, to those who ask? Let's look at this last one. Go to Genesis 22 and 14. I'm gonna stop right here. Put this up in the King James version, and I'm, I'm done. Look at this. It says Abraham called the name of that place. Somebody say that place, Jehovah. Jireh. All of us have been in a place where God showed up as Jehovah Jireh. And I want to conclude my message by saying there's other places that God is getting ready to take you into. Don't you be fearful? Don't you be intimidated? Because God is getting ready to take you to another place. And guess what? In that place, Jehovah Jireh is going to show up in that place if you keep looking unto God to be the author and the finisher of your faith he will show up in your place somebody give God a praise in this place go high five five people and tell them he will show up he will show up he will show up I don't care how it looks he will show up i don't care if your money ain't touching in the green. i'm here to tell you that he will show up in your place somebody need to give god up he will show up he is your home he is our provider he's a god that's full of provision Somebody scream, he will show up. I don't care how it looks, he will show up. It's his nature, it's his character. If I showed up for my son like that behind a dog, and I ain't even God. I'm evil. According to the word. Listen, people of God. Embrace your tests. Work your faith. Keep fearing God. If you fear God, he will take you places. That will mess you up. I'm trying to tell you right now. There's another place. Don't be fearful. Don't be intimidated. Matter of fact, when you get to that place, you act like you belong. Hold your head up high like, I I belong in this place. Moving in this building was a little intimidating. When you've been told you need a million dollars to renovate, but I had to be like, Lord, if you was Jehovah Jireh at the swap meet, if you were Jehovah Jireh when I was having church in the cafeteria. you were Jehovah Jireh when I was having church in the gymnasium. I know you will show up over here on 19th Avenue and cactus. And you will be Jehovah. There's nothing that can stop him from being Jehovah Jireh in your life. Somebody scream nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing that can stop him from showing you another side of him. He, his character, his character has to show up. His DNA has to show up because you are an extension of him. The Bible says we're heirs of God and we're joined heirs with Christ. Even David said, I've been young. He said, and now I'm old. He says, but I've never, somebody say never, seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his what? See, begging. When you're God's seed, you don't have to beg for nothing. Know. Somebody say one more time, He will show up. Come on, bless God, one more time. Hallelujah. He will show up. He will, He will, He will.